Happy Tuesday, friends. Welcome back to the H&H Hour. My name is Heather Taves, and I am one of the hosts of this show, and I'm sitting beside my sister and co-host, Heidi Bolt. Hi, friends. We're glad that you clicked on this link this week. So um, I am going strong, Heather, with this crazy, crazy chest cold. Seven weeks. I'm seven weeks in. I feel like it's like my new best friend. (laughs) It hangs out with me all the time. Have you named it? No. But I'm starting to not even recognize my own tone, like my old tone. Yeah. Because this you, is the new... The new and improved <laughs> Heidi. Yes. Maybe not improved. Hmm. Well, the healing is on its way. Yes. It's that's coming. Right. That's it's coming. Right. This was really cool though, Heather. Yesterday we were at church and I had been scheduled to share communion. And, um, you know, sometimes you share communion and it's about one minute long and everyone takes communion and it's just pretty simple but our producer had scheduled me for eight minutes okay so when I went to figure out what God wanted me to share I looked on the on the schedule and I went oh wow eight minutes that's a long time mm-hmm. you know when you don't have a voice true so I met with Jesus and asked him what he wanted to say and had eight minutes worth of content and right before I was getting ready to go up on stage we were starting worship and I just literally had no voice. Hmm. Like, you know, when you cough and try to clear your throat and yeah, it just still just keeps nothing. going. Yeah. So I, I grabbed a friend of mine. Her name's Christy, just a really sweet, godly woman in our church. And I said, Christy, would you pray for me? I said, I'm going up on stage to share communion and I have no voice. Mm-hmm. I, I can hardly even breathe. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, I will pray for you. And then she goes, hold on. And she like grabs my arm. She's like, hold on, I'll pray for you now. And so she prayed over me and just prayed that I would have the, you know, the clarity to present and to speak. And I get backstage and literally as I got backstage, I just felt it clear. And I mean, I still sounded groggy, you know, like I sound. Yeah, but you could talk. But I could speak and I could breathe. And I just thought, man, God is so good Mm -hmm. to care about us in our eight minute moments. Right. You know, when you do need a voice. Because I could have passed my notes off to somebody else, but it wouldn't have you know, like God had given me the word to share. For well, the and church. I, what I love so much is that God did give you a really profound word that was for someone in our church specifically. I don't know who it was, but right. it was something that God had given you mm-hmm. the night before, and you, you knew that it was for someone there. And so He gave you everything that you needed to yeah. share His word because it wasn't your word, it was His word. That's right. Yeah. That's Including awesome. a prayer warrior to pray for me yeah. to go ahead and follow through on what He'd given me. Yeah. That's so, so awesome. Yeah. Well, if you're just tuning in, maybe you've just found the H&H Hour, really the premise of this show is very simple. It's we love to highlight ordinary things in our lives that when we view them through the lens that God has given us, when we view them through the lens of contentment and kindness and generosity and all of really of many of the fruits of the Spirit, that we find the ordinary things in our lives are actually extraordinary. Yeah. And it's often the littlest things in life that are the biggest things mm-hmm. that mean the most, that have the most merit, that have the most impact. So often, Heidi, we overlook the little things yeah. and we miss out because we didn't take time to stop and recognize the little things that we do or that other people do for us um, as extraordinary things that God has given us. Yeah. It's been really impactful, Heather. Um, I think for both of us as the host, but just for our listeners, Mm -hmm. we hear it over and over and over how God is using this podcast to impact their ordinary lives. Mm -hmm. And that was our prayer from the start Mm -hmm. was just, Jesus, let this point people to you. Mm -hmm. And 
that's why we do it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not always super easy. No. Like getting here today was honestly quite rough. Yeah. Quite difficult. There was a lot of uh, behavioral struggles happening mm-hmm. with one of my children right before we left. And everything in me wanted to go, I am just like, I am just going to call Heather and say, we just need to air one of our pre-recorded guests mm-hmm. because I need to, this is, and then I just felt like God say to me, no, <laughs> do not let this spirit of disobedience mm-hmm. override yeah. the voice that I want to speak yeah. through today. Yeah. And that's so funny because when you walked in, you said you were holding your child that mm-hmm. was causing these yeah. issues. He's, he's a four-year-old that shall remain nameless. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But he's so cute. He um, is. But you said, cute. you said like, I almost, I almost didn't make it here today. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that popped into my mind, I didn't say it because yeah. that's not what you needed in that moment. Right. But the first thing I thought was, you don't have that choice. Right. Like, and I didn't mean like you, I right. meant like, this is something God has asked us to do. That's right. And obedience is often hard. And Almost always. <laughs> and that, I mean, I think that's what we yeah. found in this is not just in this podcast, but in our life and in the things that God has called us to do, whether it be mothering mm-hmm. or starting something or walking through um, walking through hard things, yeah. like obedience is often very, very difficult. Yeah. And, and on the flip side of that, I remember thinking as a child, um, obedience was hard, you know, yeah. but on the flip side, like it is hard to follow through on a requirement of obedience as a parent. Yeah. Because everything in me wanted to say, to to give in to the fit that was happening and to yeah. say, okay, fine. Yeah. You can have the phone while you eat your lunch. And even though I had just said, no, you know, you cannot have the phone while you eat your lunch. Mm-hmm. And, and I so desperately for the sake of my time right. of needing to Get lunch done, wrap up, Squashing get in the truck. The fit that was I going wanted on. to just give in to the fit. Yeah. Instead of ride out the discipline that needed to happen mm. and to stick with it. I wonder, and, Heidi, if sometimes we do that with our kids. We want to give in to their fits. Yeah, for selfish reasons, so that we just don't have to deal with the fit. But I wonder if it's because we also do that with ourselves. Mm, yeah. You know, like the act of obedience is is too hard or yeah. requires too much of our own sacrifice. Yeah. And so we just we just give in to ourselves. Yeah. And maybe that translates then into our parenting too. Yeah. Well, and I think it can it can really affect any area of your life. You give yeah. up right before the breakthrough. Yeah. And that's why you think like, man, I feel like God's never speaking to me. I feel like I never get the breakthrough. It's like, well, yeah, you don't ever get the breakthrough because you've given up every time up. when it gets hard or when, when yeah. the fit happens. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think someone needs to hear, um, even when you're walking in God's lane for your life, it's still really hard. You know, I, I believe fully that I'm full on center, center lane in yep. what God's got mm-hmm. me doing right now. Um, but almost every single time it's really difficult. Yep. Like, you know, it's kind of like a game of dodgeball where I feel like the enemy's um, trying to walk head on at mm-hmm. me, like just throwing these crazy dodgeballs mm-hmm. at me. And um, but God is so good. Like he gets us there, you know, and here we are podcasting yeah. despite four-year-old. And I think Pictanza. too, recognizing that hard doesn't mean bad. Yeah. I mean, it following Jesus, being in the center of his will for your life being obedient is the best place to be. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but it can be hard and awesome at the same time. Yeah. And that's exactly how 
Jesus's life was when he was here on earth is, you know, he was doing these incredible miracles. He was doing the will of the father. The the reason he was sent here to earth, he was walking in it perfectly right. because he was Jesus and he cannot sin. He is right. God. He cannot sin. So he, none of his steps were misplaced. Right. But it didn't mean it was easy. Yeah. I mean, it said he didn't have any place to lay his head. Right. People mocked him. People yeah. tried to kill him. People ended up yeah. killing him. You know, yeah. they, they took his reputation. They took his character. And so while he was doing all these incredible things, not to mention saving all of humanity from their sins, if you choose to follow him, like that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. He also had to endure so much suffering and so many hard things while he was doing that. Yeah. I thought it was so interesting. Um you know, in the whole, on the lay, on the conversation of suffering, that was part of what I shared yesterday morning with the church was just, I said, I feel like a lot of you are in seasons of suffering and people need to know that suffering, if you're a son or a daughter of Jesus, suffering is almost never punishment. It is almost always pulling you into the father's heart. Mm-hmm. It is um, causing you to understand more fully who Jesus is. And then we talked about the suffering that Jesus had to go through. And I love the prophetic word in Isaiah. It starts in chapter 52, verse 12, I think it is. I'd have to look here. Um, Verse 13, it starts talking about Jesus's suffering and it goes all the way through chapter 53. But the interesting thing about this, it it tells all of this in-depth things about what Jesus went through. But the interesting thing is that that was written seven centuries before Jesus ever went to the cross. Mm -hmm. So literally there's no other human in all of history that could possibly fit the prophetic word Mm -hmm. that was spoken in Isaiah 52 and 53 Mm -hmm. other than Jesus. Mm -hmm. And one thing that just got me, and I think it's probably because I'm a parent and I know how much I love my children and how important they are to me and how they do um, encompass so much of what my life is. But um, verse 8 says, He was unjustly condemned. He was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short midstream. And that really hit me. I thought, wow. Okay, here was this young young man, 33 years old, who was never married. And it says, like, no one cared that he died without any descendants. Mm-hmm. No one cared that he died not getting to be a dad, you know, a physical dad mm-hmm. on earth. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I just thought, how could no one have cared? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah. How, That's kind of hard to fathom because it seems like someone would have cared, but obviously no one thought of that. Yeah. But just as, as I think through, you know, I think of my own suffering in my own life and I'm just like, it just pales so, yeah. so much in comparison yeah. to just if you read Isaiah 53, like you can't even begin to line up your suffering with what Jesus walked through. Yeah, that's right. And um, and it doesn't mean that it's not real. Our suffering. Yeah, I mean, our absolutely. suffering is very real. The things we go through are very real. Yeah. But I think what what so often we just we get so inward focused. We keep our eyes on us yeah. instead of turning our eyes to Jesus. And when we turn our eyes to Jesus, our suffering becomes. Um, 
bearable yeah because we we look to his example we look to his he did it first he went before us he yeah. already, he's already walked that road when somebody's walked a road ahead of you and they give you examples on how to walk that road it's a lot easier than when you have to walk it yourself absolutely and then i think the fact that uh, later in that chapter in verse 10 it talks about how um, when his life is made an offering so this is talking about jesus like when he goes to the cross and he is an offering for sin. Mm-hmm. It says he will have many descendants. Mm. So mm. here he died with, you know, no, no children, descendants. Yeah. no descendants. And yet then when he walked through the greatest suffering, yeah. his life, he, it says he will have many descendants. And that's us. Yeah. That's the, that's the sons and the daughters yeah, of, right. of Jesus, of God. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've talked about suffering on this podcast before, but if you flip over to Romans, um, 9 17 it says since we are his children Mm -hmm. so here he has no descendants Mm -hmm. then he goes through suffering and he has many descendants yeah and it says since we are his children we are his heirs in fact together with christ we are his heirs of god's glory if we are to share in his glory we must also share in his suffering yeah and so um i you know i just think no matter what you're walking through today um, and i know some of you are walking through really really big tragedies and you've reached out and we our, our hearts are really with you. Um, but Jesus is right there with you. Yeah. You're his descendant. You are his heir. And he is not going to forsake you yeah. in this season. I believe that so fully. That's so good. Uh, one of the things that the kids, my kids and I have been talking about recently is this whole concept of listening. Mm-hmm. And that listening is more than just hearing. Um, we can listen, but if we don't, then act on that. The Bible says in James, it says you can listen, but if you don't do anything with it, you're actually fooling yourself. Hmm, And I started thinking about that. How often do we listen to God's word or God's voice or teaching or something that someone has said? And we think that because we've heard it, we're good. Yeah. But we're actually fooling ourselves into believing that we're good. Hmm. Because we didn't take action on whatever it was that was spoken. Mm. And I know for myself, there have been so many times where I hear something and I'm convicted, but then I don't take action on it. And th- But then I'm like, oh, but I heard that. And that was a good word. Hmm. So I'm good. Yeah. But no, it goes back to the obedience thing. Like yeah. you have to walk in it. You have to walk it out. Yeah. And so the kids and I today just wrote up on our big whiteboard, we call it whiteboard worship. I love that so we, much. Yeah, we yeah. just use our whiteboard as a place to talk about worshiping God. Yeah. And uh, what are the ways that we can listen? And mm. we all started drawing pictures about how we can listen to God. And it was really cool to see the kids come yeah. up with different ways of how, some of the ways how they, they hear God's with? voice. Um, Jules wrote, um, when mom teaches a school. Oh, I love and that. And I thought that was so cool because she's obviously not just seen school as, you know, science and math and language, but yeah. she's seen it as an opportunity to hear God's voice. That's awesome. And she's eight. Like, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty profound. Um, Bennett put, drew a bed and him laying in a bed and then his dreams hmm. because he, and he, and then it was also interesting. He said sports, hmm. that he feels like God speaks to him through sports. And then he looked at me and he said, it's already happened. And he's right because he's had two really significant stories of how God spoke to him about a sporting team he was on um, and really helped lead him in that decision. But then also just recently um, he plays hockey and there is this revival happening Mm. at the hockey rink where he plays. And it started with these boys and one coach Mm. that 
is willing to hold chapels, you know, when it's not cool to do that. Like I don't, there's something about the hockey community. We love them dearly, but man, there's just a lack of Jesus Mm. and the presence of Jesus there. And so it's this, well, look out. I know. (laughs) And so it's this group of boys that gets down on their knees at center ice after every game and prays. And they started it last year and they've, they're continuing it this year. And I just, First of all, I have to stop you. So I feel like, okay, we know that they do this. So that seems very commonplace to us now. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's, it's an ordinary act now because it happens every single game. Yeah. It is so outstanding and incredible. Yeah. Because these young boys, 11 and under, right? Yeah, yeah meet at center ice at the end of the game and they pray. And And there's no coach that leads them. There's no adult. No, it's been all the kids. And what's so amazing too is that it started with a few and it's attracted more. They're attracting these kids and it's spread from one team that did it and it's spread into multiple teams now do it. That is incredible. Yeah. I mean, if you are waiting on revival to happen, like that's revival. It's already happening. And we were just talking before this podcast – we don't really have words hmm. for what God is doing right now. Yeah. Um, I all over the nation, but specifically here in our region. Yeah. Um, it's been a lot of years of oppression. Yeah. And when I say that, I just mean like not you don't you didn't feel a lot of movement right. in the spiritual realm. And to some people that might sound kind of wacky and it might <laughs> freak you out a little bit. But you just know in your spirit when things feel dead. Yeah. Right. But things, something has happened in this area. Yeah. And it, my husband says it, he's been saying it for two weeks. Revival isn't coming. Yeah. It's already happening. Yeah. And so here we have this hockey rink that uh, Chris came home. My husband came home from practice a couple nights ago and he was like, wow, like it's going to, revival's going to explode at that little hockey rink because these kids are willing to do this and this coach is willing to say, hey, I'm having a chapel afterwards, anybody who wants to come. And then he starts like telling this miraculous story about how God healed him, basically brought him back from the dead, you know? And so I just, I'm so excited, Heidi, because um, I read in John this week, um, this is when Jesus was here on earth. It's in John 2. And people were taking, they were taking the temple, which is where God's spirit dwelt before Jesus came to earth and died. And they were taking it and they were using it for their own good. So they were, their own, they were selling things mm-hmm. in their, their own profit. Their own profit. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the fact that God's spirit was there. It was all about them. And Jesus comes in and he's angry. Like He just gets so mad and he starts, he throws over the tables Um, He says, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from scripture. And this is what I want to talk about. Passion for God's house will consume me. Hmm. So those are, that's talking about Jesus. And I think it's so interesting because what happened after Jesus died and the Holy Spirit came is that God's spirit didn't have to dwell in a temple yeah. any longer. First Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Yes. So when he says that, passion for God's house will consume me. If you read it on the surface, I think of um, the church, mm-hmm. right? The place that we all gather, the people that we gather with as the church. But it actually means individuals, like 
Jesus is consumed with you yeah. because you are where God's spirit dwells. Yes. Jesus is consumed with his people because yeah. he doesn't need a structure anymore, a box that was built for the Holy Spirit to dwell in, God's yep. presence to dwell in, a temple. He has you mm-hmm. as a follower of Jesus. And that's what, that's what he's consumed with. I love that. Passion for God's house. You could say passion for Heidi consumes mm-hmm. me. Passion for Heather consumes me. Passion for, insert your name, consumes me. Yeah. And when we begin to recognize that, that God is consumed with us. Yeah. We are able to walk more fully in the power that he has given us. And we are able to recognize when he starts doing something in a way that, I mean, we don't really have words for what God is doing in this area. When we try to explain it, it we sort of sound like we're mumbling around. <laughs> it, it does sort of feel like your words start to fall a little bit short because it's it feels like a movement yet that there's not any verbiage for. Yeah. Um. And which really excites me because I really, it does make me think, man, God really is doing something new here. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it started back in January of this year. Yeah. Um, and just to look back on the year 2018, some of the things that God has allowed to happen. And um, I'll just specifically in the circle around us and mm-hmm. our, our church, Church 214, it's been really profound. Yeah. Um, and I would agree, we, we kind of mentioned right before this, we said, we should talk about what God's doing in this area and in our church. And we were just like, how do you even formulate sentences yeah. to explain it? It's unity yeah. where there was disunity. Yeah, The coming together of people that before may have seen each other as threats. Mm-hmm. Um, it is marriages being healed. Yeah, It is dreams being fulfilled and taking off. It is connections. Yep. God bringing people together uh, with like-minded ideas yeah. so that things can explode to further the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. It is um, miracles, mm-hmm. signs and wonders, yeah. you know, and those are things that we don't talk about a lot because again, they're, it's things that people get scared of because yeah. it's some, it's a lot of unknown things. Well, and even on a, on a super simple level, this might, this seems simple to me, but a few weeks ago I was standing in the back of church with my two-year-old and typically I'm in the front of church. So you don't, you don't, um, see worship in the same way when you're in the front, you can sense it, you can sense the presence of God and what you think is happening behind you. But I was in the back and I just was watching people worship in our church. And I thought, Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Like this is mm-hmm. this is new. Yeah. What is happening here? You know, typically in a church you kind of see like the first three or four rows at the most yeah. worshiping and then the rest is kind of a little Just more observing. somber yeah. and um more conservative and reserved. Uh-huh. And it wasn't so. Yeah. There were people worshiping in the back row. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is movement, yeah, you know, when true. people are worshiping in the yeah. back rows. So just, yeah, people participating, people that are excited and stepping out and going, man, I think God's, I think like I'm ready for more of God. Right. People that you didn't necessarily expect to hear that from 12 months ago. Right. Eight and I would, ago. I would say the reason we bring this up is because we share our lives with you. Yeah. And this is something that we feel is very significant mm-hmm. in our lives. This is something that as we move forward, we will have 
miraculous stories to tell you. Yeah. And we're going to share them because yeah. it points everything that we share. We want it to point back to Jesus. And that that's the only reason we're telling you is this is a move of God yeah. that I believe is historical. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say that. And uh, if you are in a place, and I really feel like we're supposed to say this to someone, if you're in a place where you feel spiritually dead, you feel like maybe you're in a community or you're in a a culture where it just feels like nothing is happening. Do not lose hope. Do not give up. Get on your knees. Get in your word of God. Seek God's face. Call out to him. Ask for it. Um, You know, I would not, two years ago, I would not have said that this is where we would be today because Mm -hmm. they're just, you know, we were going through the motions and we were being obedient and we were, we were doing all the things, but it didn't feel like we saw any of the fruit mm-hmm. of all of the things that God is asking us to do. And yeah. all of a sudden it feels like God is just fast forwarding this revival that is happening. Yeah. And I think part of that is, at least from my perspective, is because a lot of times when God is creating your foundation, mm-hmm. when, when he's allowing your roots to go down deep, you really don't see a lot of the obvious signs yeah. of growth. Yeah. And so um, now I think we're really starting to see the harvest and we're really starting to see mm-hmm. laborers come into the field and go, hey, we're, yeah. we're in this. Yeah. And um, just seeing people's heartbeats for Jesus come alive, Yeah. which has been really encouraging because, you know, we've both been in, in church ministry for a lot of years now yeah. mm-hmm. and... Um, for me, for my own spirit and my own soul, it feels so refreshing mm-hmm. to be in this place right now. Yeah. Because it's something that is, it does feel very new. Yeah. It feels very fresh. It's like a fresh wind of God that is falling on us. And we've seen it happening all over the world and in yeah. other countries and in other cities and states across our nation. And I think, you know, it, we, longed for it to be here too. Mm-hmm. And so we stayed obedient and mm-hmm. we stayed faithful. Yeah. And it's so exciting to now yeah. and know. And we didn't that, move out because we knew right? God was here. God yeah. was coming. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. If you know, if you're if you're in the central Illinois area, be encouraged. Mm-hmm. God is working and God is moving and he wants to use you mm-hmm. to be a part of it. And so just tell him you're willing mm-hmm. and uh do whatever he tells you to do. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And if you don't want any part of it, you'll miss out. Yeah. You really will. You'll miss out on a historical time yeah. that I believe God has put all of us here for such a time as this. Yeah. And uh, there will be a lot of people, Heidi, that decide, no, I don't, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good just the way that it is. And so whether it's out of fear mm-hmm. or whether it's out of uh, c- complacency or selfishness, yeah. of they like their lives just fine the way they are, yeah. um, people will miss out. And I'm sad for those people. Yeah. Um, but don't be one of those people. Yeah. You know, be someone that desires more of God, that desires a fresh anointing, that desires to um, have that spark in their life. I thought I kept hearing that word this morning, that spark. Like, do you have that spark, yeah. that thing in you of just like, I have to have more of God. And it's so exciting yeah. to have that mm-hmm. and to know that he's moving yeah. in our lives. Yeah, he is. He is. And I think it's important if you, if you feel like maybe your spiritual walk isn't, for lack of a better term, quote unquote, deep enough mm-hmm. to know kind of what, like to track with what we're talking about, um, do not discount yourself. Yeah, Just open up God's word 
Tell him you're willing and listen. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. And I mean, he will use you. The word of God is so full of so many examples Mm -hmm. of him using scrubs. Yeah. Choosing scrubs uh, and using them in the most profound and anointed ways. Yeah. Well, the disciples that he chose to walk with him on earth knew almost nothing of what he was about. And over and over and over again, you see in the book of John specifically where they say, the disciples, because they saw this, then they believed. That's right. You know, they they walked with Jesus for a long time before they really believed that yes. he was the son of God. Yeah. Okay, Heidi, I know that was kind of a lot. We kind of just dumped our our passion on them. <laughs> they can handle it. They, they can handle it. Yeah. They've been with us almost two years now, Heather. I know. And that's why we wanted to share this. Yeah. It's just because we share, we share everything about our lives. Yeah. And we want you all to know how excited we are for this time yeah. and how God is moving in our city and in our lives and in our church and in our people. Yeah. And uh, get ready. Get mm-hmm. ready for some pretty cool God stories. Yes. Because we'll they're share happening. Them. They are happening. As we get words for him, we will tell them to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as, if, as we have permission, yeah. you know, there's a lot of stories that aren't ours to share. That's right. And so I really believe we'll be able to bring guests on mm-hmm. that will be able to share their stories yeah. in these moments. So thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram at the H&H Hour. You can shoot us a message there if you have anything you'd like for us to pray with you about. Or maybe you just need some encouragement and you want that spark. Mm-hmm. And you need us to just hey, say, come on, you can you can get it. Shoot us a message. Don't let your pride stand in the way. Yeah, uh, We would love to walk alongside you with that and encourage you. You can also email us at thehnhhour at gmail.com. And we love you all so much. Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you next time. <laughs>